Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What is up, Dolphins? And welcome into the Thursday, August the 8th. The game day edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, the Miami Dolphins play football against another NFL team tonight. We welcome in Aaron Freeman, the host of the Locked On Falcons podcast, to preview the contest. How many snaps should we expect from the first teams? And which Falcons position groups can give us the best evaluation measurements in the game tonight? Plus, I'll wrap it up by going over the game preview piece currently up on LockedOnDolphins.com. All of that and much more. But first, before any of it, I kindly invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. We were in the top 200 on Apple Podcast all throughout training camp. Let's keep that going. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL. The number one follow on Dolphins Twitter as voted by Dolphins Twitter and the show at Locked on Fins. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com for all your daily written content needs. And of course, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and the rebranded Locked On NFL podcast with expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and new host Brian Peacock. Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. Let's jump right in. That's another Miami Dolphins. Now we're going to go ahead and get right to our interview off the top of the podcast here. Joining me now is the host of the Locked On Falcons podcast, Aaron Freeman. And I'm joined now by the host of the Locked On Falcons podcast. You can find him on Twitter at FalcFans and download the daily Locked On Falcons podcast wherever you get your podcast from, Aaron Freeman. Aaron, we've got football tonight, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling good, Travis. Uh, yeah, you know, another preseason game for the Falcons. The first one for the Dolphins, I'm sure Dolphin fans are pretty excited to get to see their team, uh, you know, with all the changes that have happened in the offseason, take the field for the first time this summer. Well, I think expectations are at an all-time low for this Dolphins team. But nonetheless, we are excited about some preseason action because it gives us an idea of where the depth on this football team is going forward into the future. You mentioned the Falcons already played one game. They're down Kurt Benkert, which means the Dolphins get that three-and-a-half-point favorite advantage as far as Vegas is concerned. So maybe the season starts off with a win for the Dolphins. But really, who cares? We're here to talk about the individual matchups and where we can properly evaluate these teams based upon this game that's going to take place tonight at 7.30 at Hard Rock Stadium in South Florida. And my first question for you, Aaron, is... What type of defense are we going to see from the Falcons tonight? There's probably not going to be a lot as far as different games and stunts and, and putting pressure on the quarterback. Or are they? Are they going to blitz? Is it going to be a basic 4-3? What do we expect to see from the Falcons' defense tonight? Well, it's interesting because the Falcons are sort of changing their defense a little bit with Dan Quinn, the head coach, taking over defensive play calling. And one of the big topics that I've discussed quite a bit on Locked on Falcons over the last couple of months is sort of the idea that the Falcons would be a little bit more multiple with their defensive fronts rather than sort of being that traditional 4-3 under scheme that Dan Quinn brought over from the Seattle Seahawks. And they did that in that first game against Denver where they sort of mixed it up with a little bit of a, a 5-2 slash 3-4 look up front, which isn't that different from what they were doing, but just a, a little bit 
different to sort of mix things up. And and the Falcons did dial up some stunts. They did dial up some five and six man pressures with some blitzes and whatnot. So that is one of the things that we're sort of discussing on my podcast, trying to figure out, okay, is this indicative of what the Falcons are going to start to do in the regular season and being a little bit more multiple, being a little bit more aggressive with their blitzes? Um, so I do think you probably see a healthy amount of that. I don't think you should be expecting to see, you know, a classic Rex Ryan defense or anything with blitzing seemingly every down. But I, I certainly think you'll, you know, the Falcons will throw some wrinkles in there um, and, and try to mix things up uh, from a defensive standpoint. I think that's a good thing for the Dolphins as far as they're concerned on the offensive line because they've been facing all these games and blitzes from the Dolphins defense early on in training camp. And that's one of the things they're going to have to figure out because this offensive line in Miami is probably the worst in the NFL. Let's be completely honest about that. There probably isn't a team more devoid of talent on the offensive line than Miami. And the way they can pass off and kind of pick up those stunts and those games and those blitzes is going to be very important as far as how they can handle it in the season come September, especially with a quarterback like Josh Rosen, who needs good pass protection if he does get a starting job eventually in Miami. And speaking of those starters, Aaron, you've got Matt Ryan, who I don't think he played last preseason at all, did he? He played a little bit. He, he usually gets a little bit of a into some of these games, but not a whole lot. Well, you guys have the benefit of having one of those quarterbacks that doesn't have to play much. Every single year, the Dolphins starting quarterback plays multiple quarters throughout the preseason because we haven't had a franchise guy since Dan Marino. But with that, how much do you anticipate you see the Falcons' first team and what's game number two for them and game number one for the Dolphins? Well, the way the Falcons are sort of approaching that is they're counting the first game against the Broncos last week in the Hall of Fame game as sort of game zero. Yeah. And they're going to treat the rest of the preseason like a normal preseason. And that game zero was an opportunity to get some young guys that normally wouldn't get an opportunity really of extended reps until the fourth and final preseason game, maybe get an early look. So the Falcons will probably use their sort of normal rules for the first preseason game, which is usually giving the starters a series Maybe two. They usually have like a number of plays that they like to get these guys in. And in previous years, a couple of years ago, uh, when the Falcons played the Dolphins in that first uh, preseason game uh, back in the summer of 2017, the the sort of snap count that they were looking at was somewhere in that eight to ten range. And what wound up happening on both sides of the ball is the Falcons wound up in the middle of a series pulling their starters once they hit that number. I think it was like nine or ten for both sides of the ball with some of these guys. Uh, before they pull them out of the game. Um, so I, I think that we'll probably see at least a series, maybe a second series if they, maybe if they have like a three and out to start the game, and we might see them for a second series. But it, it'll probably be in the single digits for the majority of these starters. And, and Matt Ryan will probably play, but there will be a number of players like Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and a couple of guys on the offensive line and some other guys that are a little nicked up on the defensive side of the ball that won't play in this game. And so there'll be some opportunities for some second string guys to get some reps with the regular starters uh, Thursday. It's one of those situations where we're going to get all geared up all day long and have until 7.30 at night to get excited about a football game. And then the actual football lasts for about 10 minutes. We bring the backups onto the field and we all just get brought back down to earth. Knowing that football is about a month away from real live action. I've got Aaron Freeman here of the Lockdown Falcons podcast. We're going to come back and talk about the strongest and deepest and the weakest and thinnest position groups on this Falcons roster. So we can properly gauge how this Dolphins roster stands against one of the better teams in the National Football League. 
in my opinion. But first, before we do that, speaking of all the excitement and all the buzz around the start of football season in August, it can be a bit of a blue ball situation, so to speak. But don't let yourself get caught with blue balls. You can check out bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, pre-season, regular season, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever your number is called. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to try it today for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Okay, picking things back up here in segment number two on the August the 8th, the game day edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I've got Aaron Freeman, the host of Locked On Falcons. You guys can find him on Twitter at FalcFans. And we're going to go ahead and talk about some of the strongest and deepest position groups because I think that those two things are important as far as how you gauge the talent you have on your football team. Aaron, throughout the course of training camp, this Dolphins pass rush, which many people doesn't think, don't think, it's going to be much this season, has been kicking the crap out of the Dolphins' offensive line. And you wonder if that happens because the O-line is just, it's cheeks. It's not very good. So what are the strongest groups and the deepest groups on this Falcons team that could give the Dolphins problems both with the first team, the second team, and going down even to the third stringers? Well, it's interesting because the Falcons invested a lot in their offensive line this offseason. Uh, with the idea of sort of, you know, having a couple of guys that or have started for this team and started for other teams potentially being backups just through the power of competition. And some of those guys would lose those battles and, and wind up being backups this year. But based off of the first preseason game against Denver, the offensive line struggles. So, uh, you know, I think that's just even if you have a better than average offensive line depth, I think just the quality of offensive line play is so down in the league that even that is still not necessarily a good unit. But based off of the performance last week against Denver, the defensive line actually played really well. And so I think that's really the unit where the Falcons are hoping that they have the best depth. Um, And so I think, you know, this Falcons defensive line, particularly these second and third string guys that will be playing deep into this game, you know, John Kaminsky had a, a breakout performance in his first NFL action. They have a third-round pick in Deidre Sanat. They have Rashid Hageman, who was a former second-round pick that they brought back. Um, there's a couple of undrafted free agents that were able to do a, uh, do a little damage as uh, pass rushers a week ago uh, with Yurik Bethune and, and Justin Zimmer, who spent last year on the Falcons practice squad. So some of these guys that are going to be playing well into the third, fourth quarter, uh, you know, will be able to provide – uh, a good element for, you know, perhaps the, the backups for the Dolphins offensive line. So you guys heard it here first. You're going to have a quality pass rush going up against the likes of Will Holden, Zach Stirrup, and the rest of this embattled Dolphins offensive line. Basically what Aaron is saying is the Dolphins are not going to score a point tonight against the Falcons defense. And with that, 
Let's talk about some things that we can get excited about for this Dolphins football team. Where are the weak areas of this Falcons roster? Where are they thin? And can the Dolphins pick on them both again on the first team, second team, and third string alike? Well, like I said, I think the offensive line is probably the main concern right now for the Falcons just because they're a little beat up. Caleb McGarry's down. Um, James Carpenter's not going to play. Uh, you know, the Falcons will probably put a quick hook on, on players like Jake Matthews and Alex Mack uh, going into this game. So the Dolphins pass rush will get an opportunity to go against some deep reserves for the Falcons. They got a couple of talented offensive linemen, offensive tackle Matt Gano. They have a veteran like John Wetzel, who's been sort of a, a, a utility guy for several years in Arizona. Wes Schweitzer is a former starter for the Falcons. But for the most part, I think, you know, the offensive line depth right now is an area of concern for the Falcons where they thought it was going, it was going to be a strength going into the season. And, and unless some of these guys can step up and play a little bit better, that may be a concern that the Dolphins might be able to exploit a little bit. All right, Aaron, I didn't give you this question in the pre-show notes, but I do want to know, what are your expectations this year for the Falcons? Because last year they were a hot pick to win the whole damn thing. And then, of course, injuries ravaged that defense and the offensive line was not good enough. But one of the things I really appreciate about Thomas Dimitrov was you mentioned they went out and signed a bunch of offensive linemen. They drafted two guys high on that unit to protect Matt Ryan. They're loaded at the skill spots. They got a fast defense. I have to imagine Falcons fans' expectations are the Lombardi again, right? Yeah, you know, a lot of fans are thinking that. I'm not quite at that level yet. I think there's a lot of questions to be answered whether this defense is going to make significant games after being one of the, uh, you know, worst defenses in the league a year ago, partially owed to injuries, whether this offensive line, particularly as we get into the season where they're expected to have two rookie starters on that right side with Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry, uh, you know, how will they fare? Um, and, you know, they have a new play caller in Dirk Cutter, who's, you know, an experienced play caller over Steve Sarkeesian, who he's replacing. But it's not as if Dirk Cutter is known for, uh, you know, dialing up these really dynamic and explosive and high uh, performing offenses or so. But I think, you know, to answer your question, I think a playoff appearance is the uh, is the expectation for the Falcons. Whether or not they can make a deep run is going to depend a lot on, you know, whether Cutter can get this offense firing on all cylinders and if this defense can actually, for once, with Dan Quinn calling the shots, be, you know, an above average to good unit, uh, which has been you know, not really the case in the four years that Dan Quinn has been the head coach. And also just converting in the red zone, because you go back to last year, I'm sure you're well aware of this. The Warren Sharp Preview Magazine <laughs> is one of my favorite pieces of literature in entire league of football. And the Falcons were just dreadful in the red zone, inside the 20, inside the 10, and inside the 5. They can just clean that up. I, I've got really high expectations for that team, man. So best of luck to you guys this year. He is Aaron Freeman, the host of the Locked On Falcons podcast. You guys can find him on Twitter, at FalcFans. Aaron, you got anything else for me? No, I'm, I'm looking forward to this game. There's a couple of Dolphin players that uh, I'm curious to see how they perform, um, particularly Josh Rosen. So I, I'm eager to see sort of what some of these uh, young Dolphins players can do, uh, given this opportunity that they have to, you know, uh, shine under a new coaching staff where they won't necessarily have the um, pedigree, I, I guess you could say, uh, or the hangups from a previous coaching staff, like, you know, some brand new guys, brand new staff, so they'll get an opportunity to impress 
And, uh, you know, the cream rises to the top, as they say. And if you guys want to hear more about this matchup, check out the Locked On Falcons podcast as we're going to preview the exact same game, but from a Dolphins perspective, on his show. That'll be out with you guys Thursday morning as well. Aaron, thanks a lot, man. And there he goes, Aaron Freeman, the host of the Locked On Falcons podcast. And that's one of the best parts of the entire Locked On podcast network is the strength in numbers and the local experts we have for every team that give us these insights into teams that we don't talk about much here on the podcast. Obviously, the Atlanta Falcons and NFC team only play the Dolphins every four years. We're not going to have a lot of discussion about the Falcons on this podcast, but Aaron's able to drop by and give us some knowledge on the team lining up across from Miami tonight in the preseason opener. And we will have these crossover podcasts throughout the course of the regular season every Wednesday night on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Let's go ahead and transition now into my piece up on LockdownDolphins.com, a more Dolphin-centric preview of this game tonight, the first game under Brian Flores. And to kind of be a buzzkill right off the top, this game is more about pageantry than really anything else. It's for the fans. These three hours are for us to watch a football game where the 60 hours these players spend every week with their coaches in the film room, in the meeting room, on the practice field, That's where decisions really get made. Brian Flores has talked about how he already has an idea for 95% of his roster. And though he's been proven wrong before, that's kind of the case coming into this. They confirm it on the practice field, make their adjustments as they see fit. But for the most part, they know what they have on this football team. And these games aren't going to change a lot. I go back to some previous years, like Demora Stringfellow, the receiver who had that, I think it was a 99-yard touchdown catch a couple years back. He didn't make the roster because he played well in games. But if you don't do it in practice, it's not going to matter. That's why we always get these quote-unquote surprise cuts at the end of cutdown day because it has more to do with what these guys do behind the scenes than what you see on these nationally televised or locally televised football games that don't count in the standings. One other thing that preseason brings me to personally is a personal inventory for what I did throughout the course of the offseason because... It's been eight months since this Dolphins team has played an actual football game. And in that time, I've written 184 stories and recorded 152 Locked On Dolphins podcasts. So thanks for staying with me. But now we have some football to talk about. And let's go ahead and get into these 10 key points. We'll do a couple on this side and come back on the other side in the third segment and finish this thing up and give you guys an idea for what tonight's game is going to look like at home, 730 against the Atlanta Falcons at Hard Rock Stadium. The list of players that were held out from Tuesday's practice probably gives us an idea into who will actually be on the field. And that brings us into the first bullet point here, sunflower seeds and ball caps for the key players. And the list of players that were held out of Tuesday's practice for Miami was quite long. Jakeem Grant, Raekwon McMillan, Rashad Jones, Eric Rowe, Jonathan Woodard, Zach Sterup, Chase Allen, and Cordrea Tankersley. And it's probably safe to assume that Jerome Baker, Albert Wilson, Dwayne Allen, and Kiko Alonso will be held out for precautionary reasons. And you could say the same thing about Tank Carradine because of his injury history. The same story is true of Daniel Kilgore. And frankly, I'd probably hold Laramie Tunzel and Xavier Howard out because... I don't need those guys playing football in August. I know what they are. They're elite blue chip players. On the other side of the ball, the Falcons tend to have some veterans that get these first games off, but Matt Ryan hasn't been one of them. He is expected to play probably one series in the game. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Deion Jones, Caleb McGarry, James Carpenter, Desmond Trufant, and Duke Riley, however, basically the entirety of the Atlanta star players on that roster are not expected to play in this game. And all that offensive firepower on the bench leads right in to bullet point number two. 
Don't allow any points by the first team defense tonight for Miami. Even though Matt Ryan's out there, he's going to have a patchwork second team offensive line, which basically got him killed last year. He's not going to have his top two receivers. Go out there and win those matchups and show that you are going to be a better defense under Brian Flores. Hold Matt Ryan off the scoreboard on that first drive. That would give us some confidence going forward. And then please don't let Matt Schaub come out there if you are to bring this Dolphins defense onto the field for a second or third series. Don't let Matt Schaub get on the scoreboard. So that's bullet point number two. We're going to come back and get to three through 10 here next on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Locked On Fantasy Football and make sure that if you're into fantasy football, you're checking out Vinny Iyer and Locked On Fantasy Football. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years of covering fantasy football. Don't listen to the same stuff as the other guys because then you're going to wind up with the same team as the other guys. Get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. It's Locked On Fantasy Football on your favorite podcast provider. Football is back, baby. The Miami Dolphins kick off here in just a matter of hours. Depending on when you download this edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, you can find our entire catalog up on LockedOnDolphins.com as well as on my Twitter page at WinkfieldNFL. Let's jump right back into the bullet points of what to expect tonight in this Dolphins and Falcons week one preseason game day preview up on LockedOnDolphins.com. We talked about the players that will not play, not allowing any points from the first team defense, and that leads into the idea of taking the under. I went back the other day and looked at the Dolphins preseason scores from like 15 years back. And the reason I stopped right there is because of redundancy. Three out of four games every single year except for 2013 when the Dolphins played in the Hall of Fame game. 75% of the Dolphins exhibition games go under on the Vegas total. Three out of four every single year. It's sloppy football. I don't know why we'd expect anything different. The defenses are going to be ahead of the offense. The better of the two potential Falcons backup quarterbacks, Kurt Benkert, is out with an injury. And it's probably going to be a very wet field with rain throughout because that's what happens in August in Miami. So take the under. Next bullet point, Josh Rosen playing with at least some of the starters. This has been the case throughout camp, whether it's some receivers, a couple of offensive linemen doing some cross training. He's been behind guys like Michael Dieter or Chris Reed, or he's thrown to guys like Isaiah Ford, who fill in for Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant. I expect Rosen to get a little bit of run with some guys that can contribute on the first team offense. Up next, you're going to see a bunch of schemes bereft of regular season nuance. They're not going to show you anything. Expect this defense to come out in 4-3 and 3-4 looks, their nickel base package. Don't expect a bunch of creative schemes and stunts and blitzes and delays. It's going to be bare bones both on offense and defense. On the offensive side, probably a lot of power, a lot of lead, and some two-man route combinations built in off of play action. Up next, the special teams. Very important in these games because the guys who are chasing down kickoffs and punts are usually the ones that are in line for jobs at the back end of the roster. And you go a step further, Brian Flores, if he wants to bring these Patriots principles with him, then you're going to see starters on the special teams unit. Even if that does not happen tonight and they do go with backups, those guys will definitely give you a glimpse into who they like for the back end of the roster. 
Up next, a long night for Jake Rudock. And this is not a slight against Jake Rudock, even though I talk about his physical skill set, not offering anything extraordinary, but he's going to need to be elevated by the guys around him. And he's going to be around guys who are basically undrafted free agents and former AAF players. Do you think that happens, especially against a Falcons team that put a relentless amount of pressure on the Broncos last week, all game long in the Hall of Fame game? I certainly don't. And lastly, of course, the position battles. Look, the quarterback is the most important one and the headliner of this group, but just don't expect this game to move the needle one way or the other. It's a very limited sample size compared to what these two guys, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen, have done all offseason long. Just don't go crazy about it. At running back, maybe you can go crazy because that's the one position, I think, that really changes the evaluation from practice to games the most because the live bullets don't occur in those practices. We know Drake and Balazs sit atop the depth chart, but between Mark Walton, Miles Gaskin, Patrick Laird, and Kenneth Farrow, check out who runs the hardest and who shows the most in the passing game. At the receiver spot, I think this group is pretty well wrapped up, though I do want to see how Trenton Irwin looks. He's had a nice camp. Isaiah Ford has kept his NFL life alive with a strong camp. And Alan Hearns and Bryce Butler, they both have some ground to make up. The same is pretty much true at the tight end position. I think Nick O'Leary and Durham Smythe, that battle really is going to be important to watch, especially how they work in 11 personnel. And keep a close eye on Mike Kosicki because his biggest knock is the physical aspect of the game. And like the running backs, there's no better barometer than facing another team in a live game. And then we go inside to the offensive line where I think that Michael Dieter could see the most action of any player in this game. He probably opens up as the starting left guard, but then could work in at center with a second team as well. And the story could be the same, at least that latter portion, for Chris Reed. It's important to see how well he adjusts to live bullets after his play dropped off once the pads came on in practice. Jared Jones-Smith has a big opportunity with Zach Sterup down. And Kyle Fuller, I think, can inch closer to some first-team work if he outperforms prize camp starter Shaq Calhoun. On the Dolphins' defensive front, Christian Wilkins, first game. That's always fun to watch. And I just think this interior defensive line should be able to push around this Falcons' offensive line that's banged up and not going to play a lot of the starters. And this Dolphins' defensive line, to me, is very deep with guys that can produce in the 5th and 6th and 7th spots in the rotation. I expect them to do well. At linebacker, you're not going to get a lot of sub-package rotation. Not going to reveal that stuff. But how does Andrew Van Ginkle handle a pass rush role? Can Sam McGuavin continue to carve out a considerable role in the defense, and will strong camps for Terrell Hanks and Trey Watson, the two UDFAs, will their strong camps translate into on-field production? This foursome in general could make Kiko Alonso, who figures to sit the game out, expendable at the end of the preseason. At cornerback with Eric Rowe down, it's a big night for a lot of the young corners. I expect Nick Needham to get a start in this game. And behind him, Cornell Armstrong, Jalen Davis, they both need good games after bad camp so far. And Jamal Wiltz has earned considerable work with the first team. He's one of my spotlight players in this game. And finally, at safety, Montre Hardage, a three-year starter at corner for Northwestern. He's been working at safety and not as that combo corner safety role like Minka Fitzpatrick. He's been the primary backup safety to Bobby McCain. Will he get some action? Will he look good? That's important. And Maurice Smith, he's a guy that could get caught up in the numbers game. He's been good in preseasons in the past, but 2019 needs to be his best one yet. There's more detail in the article up on LockedOnDolphins.com, so get over there and check that out and get yourself prepared for some football tonight as the Dolphins kick things off for the first time here in 2019. 
And we'll go ahead and close up with two notes here to finish out this podcast. I tweeted about the Kenny Still, Stephen Ross thing. We'll just leave it to that. I don't think we need to go any further into that discussion. But I did tease a little nugget on Twitter about something pertaining to a future Dolphins potential prospect in the 2020 draft class. A Utah State beat writer, or whatever they're called in college, told us that the Dolphins had a representative, a scout, down at Aggies practice to get some work in on quarterback Jordan Love, and I can confirm that on Tuesday a Dolphin scout was there at Utah State to get a look at the potential first round, potential top five selection in next year's draft at quarterback. So that's fun for us to talk about in the future, but we got a game tonight. Enjoy the game, everybody. I'm going to have a post-game podcast and article up late on Thursday night, probably in the early morning hours of Friday morning, so keep it locked for that. And with that, let's go ahead and get out of here for this edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for a recap edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Fins up, baby.